3: Hello, I'm Dan. I'm a fairly happy Baggies fan. Um, I'm the editor of a website called Baggies Facts, which is now back online after a period of hiatus. Um, And you can follow me on Twitter at Baggies Facts.
1: Hi, I'm Peter. I'm a Hull City fan. Um, I'm editor of Hull City fans group Tiger Link. You can get us at HCAFC Tiger Link on both Facebook and Twitter. I'm very happy we beat Leicester. We were briefly top of the league, so I'm happy.
0: Hi, I'm Gags, and I'm back. Uh, if you've been listening to this show for, uh, what, three years? Four years? Season four now. Yeah. So, yeah, season one, I was one of the originals on this one. So, yeah, I'm back. Uh, Kev said, can you come on? So, why not? And I'm from the Anfield Index, for Liverpool. So, happy boy today.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Glad to have all of you back. We'll, of course, start off with making the rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs lately. Dan, obviously not a lot of people high on the baggies coming into the season, but you get a win week one. How's that feel?
3: Well, um, I I, uh, I did a little piece for the Eagles' beak um, pre-match, like a, a pre-match preview, and I predicted that we'd win 3-0. And that wasn't like a blasé thing just to say, oh yeah, we're rubbish and I feel we're going to lose. It, it was a genuine... I don't think our squad is strong enough to, to cope with this game just yet. Um and they're just they just surprised everyone, mainly the Baggies fans because we we've managed to bring in one player over the summer, um, in Matty Phillips, which is a very good addition, but we needed we need five, six more than that if we're gonna be able to compete for thirty eight matches. Um and so to get to Palace, which is you know there are going to be teams that get to Palace this season and struggle to pick up points. Um, so to, to, get, to get to Crystal Palace and, and pick up three points with, you know, three three kids on the bench basically, um, and Ricky Lambert as well on the bench, and, and that's a player that's not going to be playing for us this season at all. So, yeah, we, we've done superbly. Um, it's it's a tough one because there are many. Including myself, that's not too fond of Tony Pulis. My um, reasons aren't well; they are the fact that, that our football is pretty boring. Um, but for me, I just feel like he splits the fan base too much, and it's just not enjoyable um, being an Albion fan because there's just so much negativity and, and debate about about the manager. It uh, just overshadows everything that a club does. Um, so, it, for me, a fresh start without Pulis would be ideal. But you know, any chairman at any club who wants a, a, a you know, a financially stable background, Pulis guarantees Premier League football. And I've got no doubt that we'll be safe this season if Pulis sees the season out. So, you know, it, it, it's tough and if we can have days like yesterday and, and grind out results away from home and play a bit more entertaining football at home, I think there'll be a few more people a bit more comfortable with Publis being our manager. Um, so yeah, the, the game itself, um, we, 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 I wouldn't say we dominated, but we were the better side. Um, Palace shocked me with how bad they were, to be honest. They, they didn't really put up a fight. Um, in front of their own fans, they were pretty, pretty abysmal. Um that doesn't make us sound great either. But uh, at the end of the day, you can you can know, beat the team put it in front of you, and, and we've managed to notch a win. Um, great atmosphere. Um, our new chair, sorry, our new owner, paid for all the baggies fans to to have uh, a free scarf.
1: Um,
3: and next week, he's paying for us all to have a free drink down the Orfons against Everton. So that's a good introduction. Um, and it and it helped with the atmosphere. The atmosphere was cracking, and we really backed the lads. And um, we were, you know, we were given a, a bit of a present in terms of uh, Solomon Rondon netting um, netting his header. And you know, there's not there's not much more to say. It's an away win, three points, good start to the season. No real complaints. Very happy. Good day out. So. Um, uh, the only thing left to discuss really is the fact that we've been bought out by a Chinese consortium led by a man named um Gao Chan Lai. Um I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um and he's he's come into the club and he said all the right things. He said he's got no he's got, he's got no wish to change anything to do with the club's um crest or colours. He he didn't Danny
0: he didn't, didn't, didn't Danny didn't, Dan, didn't say he was gonna be the most supported club in Europe in five years, did he? <laughs> that was, no, and, and do you know
3: what? We we don't want a chairman like um, Mr. Dr. Zia or whatever his name is at Aston Villa saying pathetic things like that. That isn't the way. It might be the way to win fans over short term. But, uh, I mean, if if any of you listening are a bit of unsure of what, what Gags has just mentioned there, the, the new Aston Villa owner um, commented on, on his personal Twitter account, which is, of course, I think it might have been the Villa... Account actually um, on like a question and answer session, saying that he he hopes that the well he thinks that the Villa will be the, the biggest supported club in the world in five years time, and uh, and and also the best playing team. And I, to, to be honest, if my, if if any owner of a club I supported, including probably the top four or five clubs in the world, was saying that, I'd be, you know, you need you need to have your head looked at and, and also you know to concentrate on getting out Championship first day. Anyway, he, enough about them. Our new chairman. He's come with he's come, he's, he sounds ambitious. He's got he's got plans to, to do links between China and, and the West Midlands. Um he's got plans to try and integrate um Chinese football with ours and maybe build an academy in terms of um being able to, to get Chinese players playing in the Premier League. Um his his business um history is very solid. He's not he's not some bloke who's just gonna buy the club and then next year happily sell it on or screw the club over, or he he's you know, he seems like a very level headed guy. He's come with the right approach, he's been greeted towards the fans. You know, I, it just sounds like the perfect deal. And and I know with Jeremy Peace, our former chairman and, and owner, um the outgoing fella, he would not have sold the club to anyone that he didn't feel would have Albion's best interests at heart. Um and it's a good going away present that he's found the the right guy. Um and hopefully we can build slowly towards the future. We're not expecting us to you know, we're not expecting Champions League football overnight. And in fact I'm never going to be expecting Champions League football, but it'd be nice to, to have sustained top twelve, top ten finishes in the Premier League and push towards an FA Cup or League Cup run. And I think that's a realistic ambition for the size of our club.
2: Yeah, and with the result yesterday and the new ownership, uh, has that boosted your confidence in the season? Or are you still thinking that this is more of a, a short-term thing?
3: It certainly. I think the win brought us time, as opposed to boosting confidence. It's brought us time in order to, you know, look for for the right players over the next couple of weeks. Because short-term, it's it's absolutely massive that we bring in a new left back, a new striker, potentially a third-choice keeper possibly an attacking midfielder and we possibly need an, a, another winger and maybe a backup center back and a backup right back you know we the whole team needs strengthening pretty much and we, we need to focus on that and get that over the line um but i think that the albion fans are certainly a lot more optimistic following yesterday's result but you know we need to be careful stay with our feet you know keep our feet on the ground we've got everton next week at home it's going to be a really tough game and if we can get a point out of that, then it's, it's a decent start to the season and a good start to uh, our new owner's reign at the club.
2: All right, well, thank you for that. Uh, Peter Hull, I don't know if anyone heard, beat the reigning champions in the first match of the season. It was a very entertaining one, uh, and I, I was very impressed, Woo-hoo! although it does feel like apologies are owed. Uh, I, among many other people, thought that with the direction it seemed the club was going, with the current ownership strife and everything like that, that... You know, you you might only have a one-year stay in the Premier League. This seems like a pretty big statement against that. What were your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, we're not going to get too carried away with what was an absolutely fantastic result yesterday. But I I hope that neutrals watching it on TV thought that we we matched Leicester and it wasn't a fluke result. That's the most important thing because we worked very hard, and, uh, you know, I, I think we matched them in term, largely in terms of skill and certainly in terms of work rate and application. And it may be that Leicester City were a little bit undercooked, but overall I think it was, you know, it, it, it was no fluke and we're very, very happy with it. It was deserved three points and we were cock-a-hoop. Just need to go back a little bit before I talk again about things on the pitch to... Uh, you know, to talk about what's happened with us in the close season, because uh, there are a few comparisons I can make with the West Brom situation, and clearly things are a lot more positive at West Brom in terms of ownership than they are with us at the moment. Um, first of all, I would say of our current owners, the Alans, we wouldn't have any confidence in them doing anything, and in terms of selling to people who have the best. Interests of the club at heart, we wouldn't have confidence that they would do that because of their behaviours and the responsibility of the last two or three years. If they were to purchase, the current owners were to purchase gifts for us uh, rather than a scarf or a bottle of beer. I'd expect uh, a poisoned lemonade or something like that because their <laughs>
4: treat, their,
1: their treatment of fans uh, over the last two or three years has been such that they've broken down all formal contact with the whole city supporters trust and have openly abused the fans and there's still a huge amount of suspicion around what they're currently doing with our club now putting a positive spin on it uh, we are shortly we hope to be bought out by uh, a consortium as I understand of Chinese investors which is fantastic news but such is the lack of trust in Hull City fans of our owners that we're mightily suspicious as to what they might be doing in terms of uh, sort of influencing what might be any contractual agreements between them. So there's fear, and yet there's optimism because we desperately need our owners to leave, our current owners, the Alans. There were huge demonstrations at before the game and during the game yesterday against Leicester City, which to some extent overshadowed it. And regardless of the result, a large majority of fans are most unhappy. Lots of fans are actually staying away. There were many empty seats yesterday. I think it was our lowest ever Premier League attendance. And that is because they have managed to alienate every part of the fan base, particularly over the last six months or so even those who had stayed loyal to our owners who were known by most of us as the silent majority so it is all a little bit of a mess and you can sort of say well i'm sure it isn't that bad and yeah but you know you go to your football don't you and and but it has really got that bad you know i've been going for 50 years man and boy and i absolutely love my football but at the moment i am almost embarrassed by what is going on at our club. It is called a civil war between uh, the the fans and the owners. We've been known in some quarters as the toxic tigers because of the poison that is coming out of our owners. And, uh, you know, this sounds very strong, but I can assure you that's how bad it is. They introduced a membership scheme a few months ago which was £85 to join, which didn't really give you anything, and withdrew concessions for pensioners and youngsters. So they became the only team, I think, in Europe who doesn't have concessions for uh, youngsters and pensioners. And that was the last straw for a lot of people who had said, well, it's their club, they can do what they want. And on why, you're probably thinking, is this happening? Happening? are they just weird people but this all stems from power it all stems from the FA saying no to their name change request and they come from an environment they're in the business of selling marine generators where what you know it's my way or the highway and they're not used to people saying no to them so when the FA did, did say no to them They'd said they would leave immediately, but have stayed two years. And basically, they've been full of devilment. And it's the old, we're not going to leave quietly. And I think it's fair to say that they've kicked up as much fuss and mischief as they possibly could over the last year to 18 months in particular. So that was the happy backdrop to the game (laughs) yesterday. And of course, returning to matters on the pitch, all of this indirectly, meant that uh, after our fantastic win at Wembley on the 28th of May in the playoff final against Sheffield Wednesday when there was a certain amount of euphoria within this climate people were still incredibly concerned about their club and how we would do in the Premier League and what would happen in the close season and I mean it it was right for them to be fearful because Steve Bruce who is a gentleman manager uh, well respected I think through the game uh, was forced to leave now, exactly why he left we're not totally sure it was clearly because of the failure to secure players and the failure to have adequate funds available. but we think that he had done manfully well to work with the current owners for the three to four years they'd been with us, and he'd simply had enough. It must have been tough and stressful on a day to day basis and I think it was a huge achievement for us, for him to get us up via the playoffs last season and maybe even a surprise to him. There have been rumours of numerous fallouts behind the scenes. I think Steve Bruce was very keen to stay, but it was just too much for anyone to take what he was put through in terms of promises, uncertainty, etc. So Steve Bruce remains our most successful manager and a very popular man and he left with his head held high and he's still revered by the fans Um, the caretaker manager role was passed to assistant manager Mike Thielen who learned his trade under Sir Alex at Manchester United and he clearly managed to galvanise our 13 fit players and put in a fantastic show yesterday which I've described and I mean the, the goal from Snodgrass was a fine goal and the the amazing double overhead, tick from, overhead kick from Abel Hernandez and Adama Diamandi was, uh, you know, one in a million in that you don't often get two players appearing to score the same goal. And uh, really never enjoyed seen, that.
0: Never seen anything like that before. Never ever seen anything yeah. like it. No, it was, uh, that was the opening game, right, of the, of yeah, the weekend of the, of the Premier League season, mm-hmm. and like yeah. you get to see something like that, it was like wow.
2: Yeah, and that's getting us to a weird Olympics running, place, uh, but the night before, there had been a double gold in swimming. So, like, the double gold followed yeah. by the double gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a it was a very strange
1: series of events in both. I mean, strangely enough, it sort of distracted from the fact that it was actually a pretty good goal. Oh, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, because, I mean, overhead kicks are never that straightforward, are they? And, you know, they're so often missed. <laughs> got, got too so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you got to so spread those out. Yeah. <laughs> Just to sort of summarise where we are, so we have Mike Phelan in temporary charge and we expect to be bought out in the next few days. We expect Mike, Ph- Mike Phelan to keep the job following a fantastic performance in his caretaker-manager role. But as always, there's this huge uncertainty around you know, what actually is going to happen because fans have reached the stage where you know, they don't believe anything until they actually see it with their own eyes because... The communication from the club has become totally untrustworthy. And there is, it, it's dreadful that there's this sort of toxic atmosphere where fans don't trust what they're told anymore. So what we're hoping for is like a new start, you know, and new owners coming in, um, no silly ideas about name changes, assurances for the future, realistic ambitions whilst being Highly in, you know, this is where there's a bit of a comparison with West Brom, really. We don't expect to be one of the top five clubs in the world in the next, in, in in Europe or in the UK, even in the next, you know, uh, 10 years or whatever. We just want realistic goals. Let's try and, first of all, stay in the Premier League and do what Steve Bruce wasn't able to do and hasn't been able to do in his career, which is to actually establish a side in the Premier League rather than just get them promoted from the championship. But there's a big question of uncertainty still. We were supposed to be signing five players in the last week. None of that transpired, and clearly there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Uh, There were a few names mentioned. We hope to get James Chester even from West Brom, who left West Brom, who is a former player of ours who uh, is, is still popular. I'd be interested to hear any comment about about James Chester's time at West Brom, because I was a bit surprised he didn't do very well. But uh, just to to finish on the fact that, you know, we remained positive after the great game yesterday. Uh, No player played badly. It was a fantastic team performance, but we're putting it in context as a fantastic start to the season, but not getting carried away because we need a squad. We're not going to stay up with just 13-fit players.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you for that. On to gags. Liverpool took part in a just a ridiculous match uh, today with Arsenal. Ended up winning
0: four three. How did you feel about that one? <laughs> you know what? My heart's just just about calmed down, dude. That was really <laughs> the first half. I think everybody was really worried because it was very disjointed. Didn't really look very good. We were all over the place. I so, um, thought they, they didn't they didn't really have that many chances against us, but we just we just didn't look like what we looked like you know during pre-season a couple of chances a couple of times that we played we played really well looked really good the pressing was on point but um we got a bit of a lifeline with Coutinho uh and the and the free kick and obviously Menyle saved because it, it could have been worse if Menyle didn't make that save for the penalty as well so kudos to him because he's been he's got a lot of stick lately and um yeah then after that obviously I don't know what Klopp said at half time but the next 15 20 minutes we just Obliterated them, and that was our game. That was that. That is that is our game. This is this is going to be Liverpool's game this year. Is it's going to be I reckon short spells of just absolute mental press, because that's what he's his teams are capable capable of. This manager's uh, Jurgen Klopp, they you could just press like maniacs, and you see what happens. You, you just get gluts of goals. We did that similar against Barcelona the other week. I know it was just a friendly, but what I'm saying is, is it was just. Goals concentrated together, you know, like happening minutes apart. It was just like, what the hell? And you look at some of them, obviously, Coutinho's, that one goal was 30 passes, I think. 30 passes for the, the one that Coutinho second. That was phenomenal. The, the Lallana chest and goal, again, Lallana, uh been really, you know, battered. By fans and supporters, really nice to see him on the score sheet, and that's one of his big points. He needs to score more, needs to produce more. So he's producing. Let's give him, you know, let's let's clean slate for everybody, new year. And then uh, the big man, the the man that we spent all the money on, Sadio Mane, who again has probably been getting a lot of flack. There's a bit of a trend here, people, uh, and he turns up with a goal like that uh, on his Premier League debut for us. Uh, I just couldn't be happier for him. I was, and the, and then the. And then the celebration with the manager and stuff. The manager came out actually after the game and said it. Uh, he he took the blame for the, you know, the, the drop off at the end of the game where we lost two goals. Where he said I shouldn't have got involved in the celebrations because it looked like that was it. You know, it, it felt like that's it, and even the players probably felt that's it. You know, and. Um, so yeah, he's he's such an honest man. That's one of the things. He's such an honest guy. I, I really like him. And he takes takes responsibility. You know, the previous guy wasn't like that, but I don't want to focus on that. But there's some exciting times ahead. It's just one game. Um, it doesn't mean anything for what's going to happen the in the season. Pardon? I was gonna. Say, I will about the previous guy gags.
3: He's he's managing Celtic.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, the, the the thing is, this guy's a, a born winner. He's a true winner. He's he's proven it before you know and and i just think he's got that platform so i think we just need to trust and give him patience that's the problem with this fan base that's the problem with modern football is the lack of patience there's i mean both these guys that are, that are on you know talking about their clubs um i think west brom are one of the most well-managed clubs in the league anyway you hardly hear things about west brom being in um, in debt and stuff like that i mean, Hull. I mean, that's a different story. There's probably two polar opposites there in terms of football clubs. I don't know about Chinese investment, to be honest. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going off Liverpool for a second there. Um, I don't know about Chinese investment. I don't know what we're in for with these coming into the Premier League and into the Championship with Wolves as well. We just don't know what, what they're going to do, do we? I mean, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a... I don't know. It's an unknown. So let's see what happens. I hope it's positive for everybody. I do hope that they don't come in and do silly things, but let's see. But in terms of Liverpool... Yeah, it's the first win of the season. It's always brilliant to start well and and win well. Score four goals away from home. I want to stick to the positives. You know, Mignolet saved a penalty. Lallana started well. Mane got a debut goal. Wijnaldum's already got an assist. Yeah, uh, Coutinho's double. There's There's so much to be positive about. Let's not focus on Liverpool fans. And I think... Twitter, focuses on so much negatives. Everything's negative. I don't know whether that's... I'm in a bubble, you see. I always talk about this Twitter bubble where you're in a bubble because you're in a, a Liverpool fan bubble or you'll be inside a whole fan bubble on Twitter or a West Brom one. And I always see in our bubble just so much negativity, you know. And even after the game there was moans. I just think we just need to turn that switch off. I think, I, just positive. I think the problem is
3: it's not even constructive a lot of the time. It's just People making off off the hand, you know, off the cuff comments that that don't really make much sense. And you wouldn't mind sometimes people being, uh, you know, uh, uh, criticizing a little bit, as long as what they're saying and they, it, it makes sense and, and they can back it up with a little bit of evidence. It just seems to me like people are just a bit. I don't know. They're just. It, it's. It's. It's that same old "we need three points every single week" attitude, and it's just that's never going to happen. That's not it's, the game. It's like
0: they want us to lose sometimes, honestly, or they want a particular player to fail. And I'm like, no, nah, man, that's yeah. not the way it yeah. is. And we, I, I mean, we do we do a podcast called Under Pressure, which is purely evidence based. We collect the pressing stats. We do it's just purely stats. It's telling the story by the numbers, and and we will we will slate players on it, but we will go by performance. So we will be just objective in terms of this week. This guy didn't do so well. Do you get what I mean? So I think so. You that's don't get a- like
2: narratives of "I hate this player" and if they struggle, no, then you're like, "I called no, it." No, yeah.
0: no, no, not at all. That no. Well, there are people that will do that, but not on that show. That's right. Right. Only- I'm saying
2: it's the opposite of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's evidence based because that's what we need to start doing as a fan, as a, 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 as football fans. Everywhere we should start be you know we should start having evidence based debates and arguments. That was the whole point of EPL Index to start with. When we had the opta stats, yeah. that was the whole point of it coming around. Was that yeah we've got stats. So and people used to subscribe to this service and say you know what uh, I used to get emails and tweets. You know what I went to the pub and I was able to roll off all these stats and shut them all up because they were talking about this player being shit. But I just told them that he created like five clicker chances in that game.
1: But um, do you not think we're very reactionary in that what we do is, certainly speaking for how how you, you're talking about the bubble, and if you can talk about the whole fans bubble, I mean, we've just beaten Leicester City, fantastic results. So on our social media, all the social media, every player's wonderful, uh, no weaknesses, except. <laughs> and, but what I find with whole city fans, and I think it's to some extent true of football fans overall, you then lose a game and suddenly all that positivity is turned around and people start slating players and they're suddenly not good enough and need to be replaced and they're being played out of position. And I think, you know, you you need to sort of take a, a sort of wider view of things over sort of 10, 15 games before you assess players and teams. So from my own point of view, because of years of watching and experience at every level, absolutely fantastic win for us. But, you know, we need to get some players in. And after 10, 15 games, I'll be in a position to say how good the players are and whether they're good enough. You know, we, we've had a player play and score yesterday, Adama Diamandi, who, who didn't get a game in the championship under Steve Bruce. Mm. Uh, he's come out of a very humble background of Norwegian football. Where he scored a few goals and he looked pretty good yesterday. Yeah. It was probably his best game for the club. But will I still be talking like that in ten games' time? <laughs> you know, I think you've got to give you've got to give a player a little bit of time and not get too carried away, and at the same time not got not get too negative if they have a, a bad couple of games. I was chuffed given- I was chuffed for uh, Snodgrass to be honest. Yeah, he's a popular player across a lot of fan groups. I think
0: but he's just just went through hell, hasn't he? So for him to come back, score the winner against the champions, nice little story for him. And you it's know. a lovely
1: story because he's a nice, he's a nice guy, very down to earth guy. I um, mean, he, he's obviously got international ambitions with Scotland, which were quashed because of his serious injury. And I mean, he was out for a year or so, and he's really back to his best now. And uh, good luck to him. Always nice to see that in football.
0: It is. It's nice to see, and it's it's you can't you don't wish fifteen months out on anyone in any no. profession. So why would you do that in football? So yeah, it's such a lovely story. So I, I agree with you. I think it's it's a problem in in every fan base. I think it, it, it like you said, you could turn in a in a in an instant tomorrow or next week. Liverpool lose yeah. to Burnley, and that is it. Like for the high that we're on now. Just becomes this big cesspool. Of yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean he's he's, Mike Feeling's me. a hero at the moment, but three defeats are feeling out. You know, he's not good enough. <laughs>
0: mm. Well, I don't. think I think Pundis is safe. I think Pundis yeah. is safe. By the way, we're doing uh, that. Oh, you is yeah. a to one off. Oh, well, wait, we haven't even got to Spears yet. Shit. Sorry, Kane. Mm. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I think
3: he's, uh, avoid- he's avoiding it. He's hoping this conversation carries on. I think. Too,
2: right? <laughs> are, you- are you talking about the San Antonio Spurs? It's not even basketball season.
0: No, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We didn't, I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. We didn't mention Pochettino. You know, Spurs fans are very. This is another part of the fan base. They're very touchy. Pochettino not on an image. Pochettino not here. Why yeah. isn't he added to this?
2: I mean, it's fine. We're we're fine being the underdogs again for a second straight oh, season. God. That's fine. People saying that you know we'll be pressed to make top six. That's whatever. That's fine. Uh, like I'm. I think we'll be top six. I'm not asking for much more than that. But. Uh, I think that's a very good basis to come into the season from, unlike some other clubs that think they're winning the title at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the season. And they're just disappointed week on week, kind of to Dan's point, when they're nice. expecting to win every week. And then you don't. It's like, oh, what's wrong with our club? Uh, nothing. Uh, clubs lose games. That's how the sport works. Um, but yeah, for, for Tottenham, it was, a, it was a rough first half, for sure, uh, against Everton. Um, Ross Barkley scores on a free kick Hugo Lloris gets injured on the play Pretty much the worst one too you could get very early in, uh, on a match um, Michelle Vorm did come in Deputized fairly well Had a, a very good save on Delefeu Who had a very clear chance That y- he should be making um, I'm sure many were asking if Lukaku would have made it If he had gotten the start But there you go um, Second half, much, much better Lamella was fantastic He scores a header You don't expect him to do that often Um, But I do think Lamella is going to have a a phenomenal year that that will really remind people uh, why we spent so much to get him from Roma. Uh, Other players that came on, Vincent Janssen, came on at about 55 minutes and looked a tremendous player. If you had never watched Tottenham play before and you watched this match, you would think that Vincent Janssen is a better player than Harry Kane. Um, Obviously, I don't think that's the case on the whole. But uh, in this very wow. small snippet, he looked absolutely phenomenal. He he was muscling everyone off the ball. How long
0: did he play? Uh, thirty-five minutes. Jeez, man, you're basing on thirty-five minutes, dude. <laughs> I know he's the greatest player of all time.
1: Uh, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the,
0: sorry, sorry, I just have to bring you back down to earth a little bit. Oh, right, right, right.
2: Uh, but yeah, no, his his hold up play was phenomenal. He found a couple of really good passes, uh, and his physicality is just insane. The other player that we brought in to the club in the summer, uh, Victor Wanyama, also very physical, uh, gives away a lot of fouls, including the foul that led to that uh, free kick goal, which was unfortunate. Um, But hopefully, we'll be able to uh, sort that out uh, going forward. I just think Wanyama and Dyer is too negative a pairing, Uh, both of them kind of seemed to struggle when they were on the pitch together. And I've noticed this with the defensive midfielders a lot. If you just give them the chore of handling anybody that comes into their space, it seems to be a lot easier than when they're in the pair and they're wondering if they should be crossing a line to be following their player, if they should let the player run on into another player's zone. It gets complicated, and Wanyama didn't seem to handle it that well, despite the fact that he looked very good in, in our friendlies before. Uh, and as Gag said, you don't want to put too much weight in friendlies, but you can put some weight into how you perform. Maybe the results aren't, aren't as indicative as, as you'd like. But anyway, the Wanyama thing was a problem. I have no idea how he didn't get a yellow card in this match. He had, he had six fouls, I want to say, um, which is far too many. Toby Alderweireld had nine last season, total. So, we would love it if he could tone that back down. It does; It is problematic that we're still without Dembele for another five weeks. Uh, he was absolutely massive for us last season. We'll get to players that are disappointed later on. The, the English group weren't particularly great in this one. You'd like to chalk it up to tired legs, although they didn't have great tournaments either. Um, so, it's just something to kind of keep an eye on going forward. But, as we've all talked about, it is not the end of the season. Uh, after the first match. We did pull it around. Like I said, Lamella got the header. We end it 1-1. We could have had a much worse result. I'm pretty sure this is three straight draws we've had with Everton in the Premier League, by the way, which is quite frustrating, especially considering how weakened they were. No stones, obviously. They brought in Williams to replace him. He wasn't ready yet. No Lukaku. Um, So would have expected a win, but you absolutely take a 1-1 draw away at Goodison, and you just kind of hope to improve from there.
4: Selling a little?
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: All right, uh, now we will head into the topic where we're just going to quickly talk about our favorite moments from the week because the Premier League is officially back. We've been waiting for it for a long time. Uh, so, you can either pick club or overall moment of the week. We'll throw it first to you, then.
3: Moment of the week for me, um, it's an absolute no competition. Um, you you probably won't get to see this or, or, or anyone listening on the pod. You'd have to probably have a look for it on YouTube, Mary. I'm not sure if it's been put on there. Um, but it'll definitely be on Soccer AM um, on Saturday morning. In the feature where they uh, they look at the bits of skill that they've seen around Europe um, in the last week of football, um, Craig Dawson, who is our centre half who plays at right back, Craig Dawson, uh, Craig Dawson, yeah. Listen to this. He he had the ball near the corner flag. Yeah. And, and and one of the Palace players challenged him, and he sort of like he flicked the ball up and. Did a few like kick-ups and and then played the ball along the line and did a few more kick-ups, um, right in front of the Albion fans are obviously taking the piss a little bit, um, and we thought, oh well done, he might get a throw-in out of this, and then he won a corner. Um, but it, to be honest, if 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 an average to decent player in the Premier League who, who who's fairly well respected, you know a Liverpool player a, a a Chelsea player you know if if Ibrahimovic had done that in in a game the or in the game today everyone would be talking about it but because poor old Craig Dawson's done it it's sort of uh, gone under the radar so just look out for it i don't know if it's out there to be honest I've, I've been busy and out of uh, out all day so i haven't really looked too much at the football today but if you can uh, if you can find it it's it's certainly a laugh and and worth a watching Yeah. Craig Dawson, just before I finish this bit, he's one of the most underrated players, not by Albion fans, but probably in in the Premier League by other supporters. He is a cracking, a cracking player. And if he was playing um, for someone that wasn't West Albion, if he was playing for the other West, if he was playing for West Ham, he'd probably be in and around, um, maybe not a starter in the England team, but he'd certainly be touted and looked at um Mm. that's my opinion on it anyway you
0: you mean like their their captain mark noble Noble. (laughs) (laughs) sorry where's where's sean when you need him
3: Uh,
2: listen mark noble's no ryan mason we can all agree um
0: (laughs) sean
3: sean sean whetstone if you're listening we all know you won't come on a podcast unless you've won a game
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh snap geeky the gauntlet's been (laughs) thrown uh, all right, we'll come to you, Peter, on what your favorite moment was of this opening weekend of Premier League action.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've talked already about the, the double bicycle kick, overhead kick, which was a, probably my favorite moment, bar one. Uh, and the the one that stands out for me isn't something that's spectacular, but personally, it just did it for me. It was when um, our friend, Mr. Vardy, who wasn't having a particularly good but good game actually smacked himself in annoyance. I think he hit himself with his hand or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember himself. the exact moment. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and when when something like that happens, you think, hang on a minute, maybe we're not having too bad a day. And uh, you know, he, he had one of those days, Jamie Vardy, when you know he had a total missed kick about twelve, fifteen yards out missed two or three good chances. And I think when you're a club like ours and you see that happen, you sort of know maybe it's going to be our day. So that was the moment when, when he sort of slapped himself. Uh, more widely, uh, saw a little bit of the the Liverpool-Arsenal game today. And I obviously got yes. a Liverpool fan on it, not just creeping here. But first of <laughs> all, staggered, staggered that there were seven goals because uh, I was sort of expecting a tight game, even mm-hmm. though I know... You know, uh, clock's attitude is perhaps to play a bit more football. And both sides did look a bit dodgy defensively. But I thought the Coutinho free kick was particularly good. Loved the curling free kick. So that would probably be uh, one of the highlights for me. Plus the fact that for a neutral, that was a cracking game to sort of get in the, the first weekend of the Premier League. You know, for people around the world watching that, seven goals, lots of attacking football. I think it was a very good advert for for the Premier League and for football generally. So that uh, the moment from Coutinho, the free kick, would be the one. But generally, the game I think was really good game for perhaps people who aren't as heavily into our football uh, as we are, and just maybe watch a bit of football from time to time. It was really entertainment. And at the end of the day, although we sometimes forget about that side of it. You know, we are in the entertainment industry, and uh, you know that, that's great for the game.
0: It's dead funny because
1: you know we talk about this, this
0: <laughs> great great advert of the game all the time, and it's I, I agree where people you know coming from, but aren't we just saying that we got shit defences in this country pretty much?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, I can yeah. buy that. To your point. I'm but... joking. I'm joking. But you, yeah. You know... <laughs> I don't, but, uh, you know, course, but many true words said in jest. I mean, I mean, Arsenal <laughs> traditionally have a fantastic defence, but have they looked that good defensively in recent games? You know, end of well, last season, I'm not so sure they have.
0: To be fair, they they had some uh, injuries today in defence. They but did, so, yeah, yeah. Saka was out, Matip's out. You know, our main guys were out. So this, uh, I don't think this is how it will be. But I will take it if we went 38 games winning four three. That's the league, you know. So <laughs> it's like winning one nil, really, right? But just with a bit more excitement and a few heart attacks in the way. But um, yeah, I just think I just think if a win's a win on the first day. Let's see what happens. I I don't think we are. I don't think we've sufficiently, you know, covered or, 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 or bought for our defence this summer. So that's one of the issues. I think this is how it's going to be for us. It's going to be a bit of um, gung ho. You know, this year I think there'll be goals in our game, so there'll be a few exciting games about. I don't think I don't know what's gonna happen, where we're gonna finish, but the fact that we're not in Europe might might just help us to get a top four finish this year. So that's where the aim is. A lot of people saying we're gonna win the league, da 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 da, you know, having a bit of fun, being a bit positive. That's fine. I am all, all for positivity like we talked about, but I think realistically aim is top four and if we can win a cup one of the domestic cups would be brilliant this season for us and just for that next step for Jürgen to then attract the next level of player and it takes time these things take time to build don't we can't expect if he does it <laughs> fucking hell I mean amazing but you know what I mean I think I just think it'll take time my favorite moment sorry Kev I'll, I'll jump into it for <laughs> you so don't have to do it my favorite moment um I, I really enjoyed the double overhead kick I just never seen anything like it and the fact that they were both celebrating like it was their goal was just surreal because they both went separate ways and stuff. It's just, it's just dead funny. Um, but I think I'm gonna have to go with a Liverpool, um, just because I never expected that us to be up four-one at the Emirates. I don't, I don't think I've witnessed that before. To be honest, it doesn't happen that often. And uh, that last goal from Mane, it was just massive for him. I I went over to the states to, as I, I had press passes, so um, fortunate enough. To have press passes, to go to the games in um, Los Angeles and San Francisco and got to watch I got to see him train as well in person. And he's just been desperate for that goal. Desperate, like, you know, when someone's just having so many chances and kicking himself, you could tell that he really wanted that goal. He got one last week against Barca, and it looks like, because he was the best player in the first half today, it looks like that did him, um, you know, world of good, because that was phenomenal, that goal, and his left foot as well. And then the celebration after. I know the manager's blamed himself for it and taken some um, criticism for that. But the celebration jumping on Klopp, it just and he, and he pushed people out the way that no, I'm going there. Klopp didn't ask for it. He said it just shows immediately that there's a player here that was maybe um, last season. People were saying you know he hasn't got a good relationship with kumin and stuff. But immediately you can see. He struck a relationship with the manager here. And that's a massive positive. People don't look at things like that. But for a player to run to the manager on their debut goal immediately, I think it just says a lot about the, the, the team. I think the, the team spirit. I think that's that's what I think people should worry about this season is that this team's going to be together more than anything else. Whatever we achieve, yeah. it's going to be one.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I am uh, a bit in trouble here because I'm going last. <laughs> the, the double kick is <laughs> is my favorite, as uh, Peter will know, and pretty much anyone that's ever listened to a show And they've been on. I sing the praises of Abel Hernandez, who I've loved ever since his Palermo days in Serie B. Um, so to see that was absolutely phenomenal. I, I tweeted out, you know, what a goal. And somebody pointed out he'd been given the assist. I was like, okay, well, that's the best assist we're going to see this season. An overhead kick into another player's foot going into the net. Dude, how
0: is it an assist? Like I have know, I don't know. It's not an assist, man. This is why... It's a double goal. Just give it to him. It's why Opta, or whatever, whoever does these stats is ruining the statistic of an assist. (laughs) It It should be a meant assist. Someone should pass the ball. Otherwise, it's no assist. It's just a goal. It's just a goal. Nobody hmm. assisted it because the last touch was not meant to be to that player, surely. So so going going
2: a okay. bit more into statistics, so you're, you're saying you hate that like an earned penalty counts as an assist as well because it isn't a pass into a goal?
0: I don't mind that. I don't mind that. That's okay because hmm. someone's earned it, right? But I don't see that given. Opta don't give that. Oh, well, it, don't f- give that. it works in fantasy, I which fantasy, I think is how fantasy, a lot of people dude, know that's okay. I don't think that, I don't think um, I don't think Thingies do. I don't think um, Up To would do something like that. I don't mind that. At least someone's earned something to get a penalty kick. But but the other one where no one's passed, like it's just like, oh, you know what? I'm hoofing this up the pitch. It doesn't mean to go to anyone, but it bounces and someone flicks it in. Yeah, he gets. the says, "What? Mm. No <laughs> nonsense."
2: Well, my theory is that they should both be awarded a goal, and that Hull actually won three-one. I'm sure Peter would be fine with that, <laughs> and and they'd be top of the table. <laughs> So I think I think that works. I think we're going to go with that. Yeah, certainly.
1: I like you so much.
2: Yeah, I, I think it worked out. Yeah, I've only ever had nice things to say before, but I think this is what sealed it. I, I think this is a thriving friendship. All right, uh, we are going to head now into Player Watch, the first official one of the season. A player that impressed, one that disappointed. If you don't have one that disappointed, hit us with a player from the other team that impressed you. Dan, up to you.
3: Um, player that impressed has to be. I purposely not read me. No, no, no. I've purposely <laughs> not really mentioned this player in in anything I've said today so far because I knew that this, this section was coming. Um, Solomon Rondon. There are some Albion fans mm. who, when he first signed for the club, he was struggling slightly, and there are some Albion fans that were then of the opinion at the end of the day. I'm sorry, but any striker that can score 10 goals for me in a Tony Pulis team across the course of a season is phenomenal, in my opinion. But there's some Baggies fans who who had the opinion when he first signed because he didn't hit it straight away. Um, He didn't hit the ground running straight away, but he wasn't very good. And these are the kinds of people that Gags was talking about earlier that that we don't like because, well, that's a bit blunt, but it's true. For me, I don't like it. (laughs) You you, you have to get behind a player that's just signed for your club, you have to support them. And you don't want to have an agenda of not supporting or liking someone or or keep, keep... You can't keep saying that a player isn't very good when he's clearly playing very well um, just to suit your agenda or to eventually be proven right in six years' time when he's it's a bit of a, a, a dip in form and he leaves the club or whatever. You know, I think it's just ridiculous. So, for me, Solomon Rondon, he had... a a, a 7 out of 10 first season in the Premier League. Um, If he was playing at a club maybe like Southampton, maybe like West Ham, maybe Leicester City, to be honest, a, a club that wasn't as defensively set up as the Albion, he would have scored 15, 20 goals last season.
1: Yeah, I think it would be a close call for me. Obviously, when you beat the champions, Leicester City, it's first of all difficult to pick out anybody who had a bad game. So I'll come back to that shortly. But trying to narrow it down to the three best players for Hull City against Leicester, I'd narrow it down to Adama Diamande, partly because of the goal, but partly because of his overall performance and that he's not played at this level before. But ahead of him, uh, it would be jointly Curtis Davis and Jake Livermore in the back four. And I'm going to go for Jake Livermore because I think a lot of Hull City fans, when they heard Jake was going to play centre-back, you know, practically having kittens because uh, he is traditionally, you know, a, mid- a midfielder and he's played in various positions in midfield, but I don't think he's played in back four before. And Steve Bruce, we you know, we've had a, a regime of... Square pegs in square holes and a very traditional, you know, we were forced into playing Jake in the back four, and I thought he had a tremendous game, really did, along with Curtis. And uh, given what he's been through personally over the last year or so, he's really coming back to his best, and he's one of those players we hope to be central to us this season. Uh, there's been a lot going about on social media. The keys, there was the driving licence, oh, and Jamie Vardy, because he was in the back pocket for, you know, much of the game and uh, there I would bring in the person who did have a poor game as I've already mentioned uh, Jamie Vardy he did disappoint I have to say that I was delighted he did but he had an absolute stinker but it worked in our favor I just get the impression overall with Leicester that they were a little bit uh, undercooked and perhaps this season it'll be the classic situation of they they are champions Everyone wants to beat them and it's like the second season thing and everyone will expect them to play as well as last season and it may simply not happen. And I actually think they won't have a particularly good season. Don't think they'll go down, but uh, if they finish mid-table, it would be no surprise to me. So certainly Jake Livermore for me is our best player and the, the player that disappointed can't pick one from Hull City. So uh, it's the, quite definitely Jamie Vardy. I'm
0: right. going to go with Phil Coutinho um, for obvious reasons. The, the, free, the kick what, did he score free kick. did he score a free
2: kick?
0: Did he? Just that free kick, you know. I didn't even speak about the free kick too much. I just said it was really good. These guys raved, well, P raved about it. So, um, yeah, that was good. And then he finished off uh, a 30-pass move. Lovely. Kind of pretty much is the main man at the club. So fair play to him. I'm not going to pick a worse player. I could definitely go Moreno if I wanted to. Uh, I'll stick to our own team instead of berating Arsenal. Poor Arsenal fans already um, kicking themselves. Maybe like Vardy punching themselves off. Shit, Vardy didn't go there. Sorry. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go for the referee. Hashtag Venger out, mate.
3: Hashtag Wenger
0: out. I'm going to go with the referee. I thought Michael Oliver was shit today. Absolute rubbish in that game. The amount of free kicks and the amount of yellow cards for nothing given away. I know they've made these rules stringent and all that, but it's gonna ruin the game. I was surprised no one was sent off in the end. And it would have been for two really minus stupid tackles. Like I understand if it's a two footed challenge, yes, red card or yellow card. But when you've won the ball and nothing's happened to the player, just play on. Just ruining the game. And like he just had a stinker. I just say I said it on the main account, the unputing discount earlier on as well. And honestly I just thought uh, if anyone if anyone's going to get any stick from me from that game um it's going to be the ref so yeah michael Oliver for me fuck you sorry beep <laughs> um I got coins, you so <laughs> kind oh yeah we have missed you mate <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> um is that you then for your good and bad i'm done man that's All it right. yeah <laughs> fair enough
2: <laughs> Alright, for Tottenham, I already mentioned the two that impressed me the most. It was easily uh, uh, Jansen and Lamella. Uh, I think if Jansen had played the full 90 minutes, he would have gotten man of the match. Lamella did and did, Um, which I think is is pretty understandable. The header, like I said, you don't don't count on many Lamella headers throughout the year, but uh, his spacing was terrific while Ericsson and Ali were struggling to an extent. He was really the lead creative force. He was everywhere. He was tracking back, putting in challenges, For for somebody as lanky as he is, he plays a very physical game, um, which was one of the big uh, knocks on him when he first came to Tottenham, was that he he wouldn't be able to deal with the strength in the Premier League, and it seems like he's built up to where he is now. Um, I think Kyle Walker had a quietly good game. Um, Danny Rose, not for any of his own sins, uh, had a difficult match. He just didn't really seem to be able to get forward the way he's used to being able to. I mean, we basically use him as our winger because we play Ali slash Erickson on the left, but they're obviously always more centrally located. So then you have Rose kind of tracking up the whole length of the pitch, uh, but he wasn't really able to get involved that way. For, for those that disappointed, uh, it's got to be Kane and Ali. I, I, they just did nothing of consequence. I, I honestly don't think that Kane touched the ball in the first half. Um... Obviously, not speaking to their long-term ability by any stretch. Gags before you ask, but uh, in this one, uh, they were both fairly disappointing. <laughs> uh, Ali, as well, just seemed to be doing mindless running, which doesn't really help <laughs> as such. Um, hopefully that they'll, be- hopefully they will back uh, be back into form soon, but they aren't there now. And you know, Kane has gotten off to slow starts before, so. In order to prevent that narrative from cycling through the national media, it would be really nice if if he could get on the score sheet sometime soon. Alright, and from there we will go into match previews, because we no longer have a Thursday show, we just have updates through the week, and I don't know when you guys are going to be back. So uh, we will start off with Tottenham, who are going to be at home facing Crystal Palace. Uh, If what Dan has said holds true this week, it should be a pretty easy win for Tottenham. I doubt it'll be that easy, although it does sound like uh, Belassi is on his way to Everton Which helps us a bit Although it will be the return of Townsend So sure he'll score like a 40 yard free kick Or some nonsense um, But hopefully we'll be able to, to overturn them This is going to sound crazy And I know this But Kane is on tired legs He's played football for 24 straight months Because not only did he play the Euros this summer But he also played the U21s last summer Yansen came on against tired legs. I understand that. I understand all the surrounding circumstances. I would not be shocked if Yansen started up front against Crystal Palace. Not saying to drop Kane in all of your fantasy leagues or that Kane's an awful player by any stretch. Just Yansen looked really good. Maybe Wanyama will be dropped and we will play two up front. It would be not that surprising. But Yansen did look terrific and was easily one of the 11 best players on the pitch. Uh, and did not start as such. Um, but regardless, you'd assume that we'd be able to, to handle business. The defense was very good yet again. Unfortunately, the, the Barkley free kick, it was perfectly hit right into that danger area where either a player can get ahead on it or it's going to take an awkward bounce, which it did before ending up in the net. Um, defensively, I have, I have all confidence in our team and what Pochettino has ingrained in us. And like I said, the second half was terrific. Pochettino and his training methods have us in better shape than most teams, although... With Pep and Mourinho and Klopp and all those other managers that are quote unquote better than Pochettino, uh, maybe that'll change a bit this year. But I, I'm very confident if we're level or better in the last 15 minutes or so, that we'll come out uh, victorious.
0: Spurs have an advantage. They've been together, you know. Yeah. With this we, we did not years. mess with stuff. Uh, yeah. No, and and like if anyone thinks that they're going to be shit this year, they they're just a bit deluded. They're going to be fine. It'll be fine. It's going yeah, to be we tough just didn't do any fun to get, things. everybody so to get it, No, for anyone to get in that top four, it's going to be tough, right? There's yeah. going to be so much competition. Pep, yesterday was first game. Didn't look that good, did they? So it's going to turn round. You can't just say, oh, right off Man City. So these things will take time, and who knows what's going to happen towards the end of the year. Like, Leicester fucking won the league, yeah. Let's stop predicting stuff. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, like, yeah. oh, Spurs are going to be shit or whatever. Because you just don't know. You yeah. just don't know. Yeah, I'd agree. All right. Well, Gags, we'll go yeah. to you
2: now. Uh, talking about Liverpool and Burnley, you'll be traveling there. What do you see in this one?
0: I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful of a win. I think we can. Um, I think Burnley are up in the you know new to the league and stuff. I think obviously they've been before, but I just think that we'll be fine. I think we should we should go and I don't think it'll be like a a big big win. I just I will just be happy with a the win there right now. I think we've got the tools. I think again with with this squad now, it's going to be games on a weekly basis. Uh, Klopp's already saying that being able to train the players in the week rather than rest because they got a big game and then another rest and not having any training sessions was a bit of a pain um, last year. So this year he's actually going to get them to rest and then get some training sessions in. I think you'll probably find that we're going to get better and better as the year year goes on. I really do. I think coaching is is massive, you know, and if you've got a coach. That, that's what he wants to do, and he's going to get a chance to do it. You might just see some good things from us. So I'm really confident about next weekend, and I think we should. Um, we do normally suffer, you know, against like the Watfords of the world, you know. But I think we should be okay. I'm positive. I'm going to. I'm going to remain positive, like mm. I've been saying. So Liverpool to win next week, and uh, I have no problems with Burnley or anything. I, I wish them well for the rest of the season as well. But hopefully, we do them over.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Peter, you're going to be facing Swansea, trying to recapture first place in the Premier League. Uh, How do you see this one going? I like that
1: intro. Carry on, carry on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's a really, it's a cliche, but it's a huge, huge week for Hull City because obviously off the pitch, we've had mass protests, we've got a caretaker manager in place, we've got a thin squad, we need players to come in, and... Going to Swansea on Saturday, it really is a big game for us because we've had one wonderful result, but we really need to string two or three results together on five or six occasions through the season if we're going to stay up or establish ourselves. And it really is quite a challenging trip to Swansea because geographically it's a long way and we tend not to be really good travellers traditionally, although. Some would say you can't read anything into that. But what I would say about Swansea is that I think we will view them as equals, and it wouldn't be a, a giant killing if we if we did beat them, in the same way that perhaps the, the national media viewed our win over Leicester, which is fair enough. But I think whilst we are absolutely delighted with the win over, over the Foxes over Leicester, uh, the real test will now come. When you know we get into the the league proper, because traditionally the first game of the, of any season in any league can produce freak results. Quite often through the season you hear unbeaten at home since the first game of the season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it's vitally important that we can show that we we have the same results and work rate, and team spirit that we had against Leicester. And hopefully, having beaten Leicester and, and perhaps a few people heard about it, we might get a few players in to, to bolster the squad because you know you can't operate on a squad of thirteen in the Premier League, it's not on. So I would think I, I envisage a even game against Swansea. And as usual with us away from home, I don't think it'll be any different to how we are we were with Steve Bruce. If we score first, we're usually okay. If we concede first, we usually lose. It's as simple as that with Hull City. I think that same Steve Bruce mentality will still be in the team because the Mike Phelan mentality, we've not had time really for that to be imposed. Having said that, I think we will be a little bit more adventurous, a little bit more offensive in terms of trying to score under Mike Phelan than we were under Steve. But I'd be quite happy, quite happy with a dirty nil-nil draw at Swansea on Saturday. I'd be delighted.
2: All right, fair enough. And Dan, we'll wrap up with you talking about you hosting the Everton side that we just drew.
3: Um, as I said earlier, uh, our new owners buying all the Albion fans uh, a drink. Um, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, but apparently it's definitely going ahead. Um, and so I'm hoping that the atmosphere is going to be at least half decent. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that we can get anything out of the game. Really, I'm I'm not going to be bold and say that that I think really that we can win the game because I think Everton are a quality side, um, firing on all cylinders. Everton should be beating us, whether it's at home or away from home. Um, so my prediction would be. Um, to, to to build on on what would you know what was a fantastic three points on the opening day, um, and to pick up a point, whether that be a nil nil one one two two whatever, pick up a point, um, and and try and push on. And we we've, we've got Borough the week after that at home, and that's a game that you you know you you more than likely go into saying yeah we're gonna we're gonna try and pick up three points from that. Um, Football that never really works out the, the way that we all think it will, and and these predictions are just that—they're predictions. Um, You know, that's that's how it is. But being a baggies fan, the amount of times I've predicted that we we're going to beat teams that we really should be beating and lost to them, and then the following week gone and you know smashed Arsenal. It, it's just that's just football, and that's why we all love it. So, um yeah, nil nil or a one one. Um and uh tipping maybe uh maybe Phillips to make a, a bit of an impact with a with a goal. Um and hopefully in the weeks coming um we can say bye bye to the pathetic child Berehino. Just have to fit that in there because I'm just <laughs> absolutely sick of the blow. Can I talk about how I didn't ask you about him though? So uh, yeah, no, I I I had to mention it because I don't know how long, long we are on the pod for. So again, <laughs> you
0: know, I was be, I was going to mention it as well, but I forget weeks. it. And I, I, was probably,
3: I just hope that Berahino just goes somewhere. I don't care where he goes. Uh, do you know what? Preferably, one of these rich Chinese Super League clubs with the name I can't pronounce gives him two billion pound a week, and we just don't even have to see him play again ever. That'd be great because I just can't stand the kid. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Ended on a bit of a negative note, hasn't it? That one, but yeah, it's
1: all right. I, I agree. Get and off the fence, will you? Get off the fence about him, will you?
3: Yeah, tell us <laughs> how you really
2: feel, Dan. Um, all right, well, with that, we are out of time. So if you'd like to tell people where to reach you, now would be a good time.
3: Yeah, you can find me, um, Dan Watts on my personal Twitter at the Watts22, um, or you can follow Baggy's Facts at Baggies Facts. A um, bit of a plug for the website, it is uh, new, new and fresh design, um, back online after a, a year out, um, I've, I was unable to really fit it in my, into my schedule really last season, but um, it, it saw a welcome return, nice, fresh, clean website, and we're going to have lots of good content on there as the uh, season progresses, so check that out if you're a Baggies fan, and if not, um, Check it out anyway and, and see what you can add And you know if We're always uh, For positive interaction interaction With um, fans of, of opposing teams So to get in touch. Cheers Cheers for having me on guys
1: Yeah thanks for Having me on again It's uh, Peter from Hull City's TigerLink group We're at www.tigerlink.co.uk And on Twitter and Facebook At HCAFC TigerLink uh, Absolutely fantastic To be on And uh hope that if I return to this podcast we'll be also celebrating a win over one of the mighty sides of the Premier League because we're happy boys at the moment and most of all I hope we've got new owners please give us some new owners
2: <laughs> I've got like 10 pounds you think I could get get the club
1: we'll take it <laughs> <laughs> I promise
0: I'll be less of a douche about it <laughs> all right geggs yeah, you can find me on at gags tandon or at Anfield Index or at EPL Index. Well, yeah, you can find me anywhere really on Twitter, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, there's so much. Um, on, e- there's so much on EPL Index, there's so much on Anfield Index uh, content wise. Keep listening, thank you very much. I just want to say one thing. Um, when we started this podcast, um, back in the day, three years ago or whatever, mm. um, it was I think myself, you and Safi, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and 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 basically, uh, cut a long story short. When I first started it, Kev came up to me and said, "Gags, you know, EPL Index needs a website. Da da da. Sorry, needs a needs a podcast. All this." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay, let's do it." And a few people said to me, "No, no, you don't want to. Uh, you don't want an American hosting your American. podcast. You don't want this." on the EPL Index. They, nobody will listen. And um, three years in, it's still going strong and it's doing brilliantly. And I, I just want to say a massive thank you to Kevin and Seifu and to the team, whoever uh, helps these guys out, whoever's on the show every week, because obviously I'm not around on this side because so, I've got my own stuff going on on in Anfield Index. So a uh, massive thanks to Kev as well for keep keeping going and keeping plugging and pushing with this. So well done, Kev. Really appreciate it.
2: Ah, thanks. Very kind of you. Yeah, uh, go back then tell us that we were going to have 10 million hits in three years, and watch us just doubt you for days. Yeah, obviously it's been loads of fun to do it, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna keep going on from here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can reach this podcast at EPL Roundtable. You can go to the site EPLIndex.com. Uh, also, we have a Championship Roundtable episode that'll be going up somewhere around this uh, when this is published. Also, we have an FPL roundtable, be sure to check that out, uh, where we talk about all things fantasy related. I also have fantasy articles over at TheEaglesBeak.com, and also have a loose partnership with uh, PlayTaga.com, so be sure to go over there for all your drafting-style fantasy needs. I just did a new league with my friends this week, um, which was very fun. I couldn't take anybody from last year's top four to make things actually fair, Uh, so we'll see how that goes all right well thank you guys so much for joining us it's been a pleasure as always and we hope you keep listening
4: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time